0: You are listening to the East Point Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church that exists to glorify God as a gospel community that is growing in faith and reaching the world. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged and challenged by today's sermon.
1: Good morning, East Point Church. How are you? Good to be with, that, like, will that ever get old, right? Like, seven years from now, can we still be cheering at Good Morning East Point? Good to see you guys, good to be with you. Uh, If we have not had the privilege of meeting, my name is Sam, I'm the lead pastor here, uh, and I moved here, I started on January 1st. January 1st was my first day, uh, and long story short, we'll catch you up as you come to First Step in ministry partner orientation, but long story short, I moved here to help us go from being a satellite campus that was based in Annapolis to a local church that is from the shore, for the shore, and last week was our first Sunday as East Point Church. So, yeah, that's exciting, but I I feel, right? If you're like, this is my first Sunday, I missed it by seven days, I know, I'm so sorry, but we can recreate it for you, all right? Call me, we'll we'll set up a private viewing, and uh, we'll have a good good time. So, uh, we're in a series right now. Our very first series as East Point Church is called 1,000. 1000 and the reason is because it has been said that a picture is worth a thousand words. And so as we are coming together as a new church, we want to know, what should we be like? What is God's design for the church? What are we supposed to do now that we've launched? We're excited. Yes. And now what? And so we're looking to the scriptures, we're looking to the Bible to say, God, what do you want us to be? And what we find is that God gives us answers in the form of pictures. And so how many people in this room would say that you are visually driven? Anybody appreciate pictures, metaphors? All of us, that's right. I still read books with pictures in them, no words. It's just next level. But I also have three little boys, so that's my excuse. I don't know what yours is. Uh, But I love pictures. I love pictures. And so last week, we saw that the church is like a bride, that Jesus has made his own. He, is, he has procured us. He is preparing us. And one day, he will present us. He will walk us down the aisle to himself. And so this week, we found a new picture. It's not the bride. We found a new picture. And as I was working on this picture this week, as I was preparing this message, it struck me. Sometimes I read the Bible And it just, I'm blown away by how foreign it is. You know what I'm talking about? Like like you read certain parts of the scriptures and you're like, oh yeah, that is a culture that is ancient. That is a culture that is very much unlike my own. And so you read about sacrifices, monarchs, rituals, food laws, crucifixion, all of these things that remind you, man, the Bible is a world so unlike my own. And then there are other times I'm reading the Bible and I'm just like, man, I'm thousands of miles away, thousands of years away in a culture completely on the other side of the world. And I'm still struck sometimes that people are people. doesn't matter what year you're in. doesn't matter if you're living in the year 21 AD or 2021. I'm reading the Bible and I realize that I am dealing with things around me. I am dealing with things in my own heart that humanity was dealing with even then, that humanity has been dealing with seemingly forever. Because people are people, and people are going to do people things. Right, people? You feel me? And so this week is one of those passages where we look at the Bible. We're in 1 Corinthians, and we are going to visit an ancient people. We are going to ancient Greece, to the city of Corinth, and we are going to find that these foreign people from yesteryear they're dealing with something in their culture that you've probably never really dealt with in your culture. They're dealing with division, competitive attitudes, politicking, and factions. Really different, right? Yes, thank you for the, 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 pe- the pity laugh there. Thank you. You see, if we were to go back in time, right? If we were to go back to these these Corinthians, we would find a community where people, not just people out there, people even in the church, they are getting into awkward social debates on their Facebook threads. That's what you would find. You would find a people who are engaging what I call hashtag wars, yard sign standoffs, the battle of profile pictures. People are blocking people. Family are getting divorced over these issues. They are canceling shows. They are ignoring people and whatever other ineffective method that we can come up with for promoting conversation and understanding. You will find all of those things in Corinth. And I don't care what year you're living in. It is painful. It is awkward. And what we're going to find today is that in the church, not only is it painful, It is simply unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And so this morning, Paul is going to give us the next picture in our series. Last week we saw the bride, but this year, this week, we're looking at a picture that is going to teach us the truth that this is unacceptable. And so last week was the bride, and this week I present to you the picture of the field. So do you want to see how a church is like a field? Eastern shore folk. Come on, my people, right? You're like, you're from New York City. I know, but still, I breathe in it every morning on the way, right? It'll make you grow. That's what they tell me. So I'm not saying the church smells like a field. I'm saying the church is like the field. I I apologize. I should stay away. Are you guys ready? All right, here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're beginning in verse 1. Look what God says in his word. He says, but I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now, you're not yet ready, for you're still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, Are you not being merely human? Let's pause right there as we continue through our path. Pause there. Is it pretty clear? Paul sounds a little disappointed in this church, doesn't he? Right? He's disappointed, and he explains why. He says, I wanted to write this letter to you. I wanted to talk to you as if you were a spiritual people. I wanted to be able to address you as a mature people. But unfortunately, at the time of this writing... They're immature. He says, using the metaphor, he says, you're like infants where where you can't even handle solid food yet. You are babies in Christ. And then twice, look what he says, twice he uses this phrase. He says, you are of the flesh. You are of the flesh. And then he drops the most epic line in this entire passage. He says, are you not being merely human? Merely human human. And here's what we learn as Paul is talking to them. East Point Church, in Christ, you are called to be more than human. Is this the biblical foundation for superheroes? What's going on here? You are called to be more than human. So I ask you, what is there more than human? Is it superhuman? Is it metahuman? No, no, no. To be more than human, he says it here, is to be spiritual. 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 See, all of you in this room, you guys are human beings. You see things, how things work on earth, because this is where you live. But when Jesus brings you into his family, he wants your values. He wants your perspectives. He wants your lifestyle. He wants you to see things in a way that is different than those who are merely living here on earth. He wants you to have values that are higher than them because all they know are the ways of the earth. All they know is how things work down here. But because of the gospel, we now know the perspective of heaven. You see that? We now see things from a spiritual perspective. We now understand God's vantage point on how things are happening. We see reality more than just a human perspective, we see things with a spiritual perspective. And so Paul is saying to them, if this is true, then why are you still acting merely human? Why are you still acting as if all you know is the perspective of how we do things in this world? You get it? He has spent years being their pastor, teaching them the gospel, how to live for Jesus. He has poured his life into them to teach them the way of heaven. And then he finds out, but you're still acting merely human. Church, are you still living merely human? Are you and I still living merely human as if all we know is this perspective? Or are we growing Are we living out the perspective of heaven? Are we growing into a spiritual people who more and more every day we're living according to spiritual values? Are your eyes set on heaven or on earth? And so I love you, church. God loves you. Jesus died for you. And he wants you to not just live merely human I told you earlier, I have three boys, and so I think of my baby, right? His name is Grayson. And what do you guys say when you see that? Aw. That's right. Good church, right? <laughs> if you were like, ooh, I would have been like, man, I'm out. He's adorable, right? The way he walks, the way he talks, the way he eats and gets food everywhere, you know? And you guys all say, aw. But if I showed you this picture 10 years from now, and he's still doing the same thing, You guys are going to go like, oh, (laughs) that's disturbing, because we understand that babies are meant to grow. And what Paul is saying here is that not only are babies meant to grow, so so are you. So are the Corinthians. But they're not maturing. These Corinthians, they they should be growing and living out the spiritual perspective, but we find that they are still immature. Their church is still acting brand new. They're still acting like infants in Christ. And how do we know? How do we know that they're being immature? It's because their immaturity is revealed by their division. Look what he says. There is jealousy. There is strife among you. See, church, the hallmark of maturity, the sure sign that a body of people is mature is that they are united, all right? That is the telltale sign of a spiritual people. It is unity. And we see here in the church that it's missing. There's no unity. There's no no one, one mind, one body. We are the church, one spirit. Instead, there's jealousy. There's strife. There's resentment. There's conflict. Can you hear it? just listen. Can you hear what they're saying? I follow Paul. Well, I follow Paul. Like literally in the text, he's portraying they are fighting. And so let me explain what they're fighting about. You see, they had different leaders come through. And so Paul, he shows up in Corinth and he's preaching the gospel and he's discipling men and he's teaching them and they're growing in their rhythm. They go, yes, we love our pastor. Paul's the man. And then his assignment is finished. The Lord moves him on into the next time. And then they have a new leader come through, and his name is Apollos. And Apollos is a gifted communicator. And so now he's teaching them, and he's standing in the same pulpit that Paul once stood. The same pulpit that Paul probably literally built. And instead of being united, saying, wow, we've had tremendous leaders, they go, Paul was better. And then somebody in their community group was, what? You think what? And before you know it, the whole church is divided, and we have a big ring here, Paul versus Apollos, and they pick sides, and they say, but Paul was the one who taught us the gospel. Paul baptized us. He's the best. Oh, yeah, but have you listened to Apollos preach? He's way funnier. Oh, my gosh, he's such a good preacher. What? Are you kidding me? Don't you remember? Paul was the one who actually saw Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Yeah, whatever. Apollos is a way better leader, though. Are you kidding me? Paul's the one who led Apollos to Christ. Drop the mic. (sighs) Can you hear it? Can you see the Facebook threads? Can you see the hashtags forming? Can you see all of the friends being blocked? They are not mature. They are divided. You see, friends, here's where we see our first point. East Point Church, hear me. When we choose a personality, we lose our unity. When we choose a personality, we lose our unity. No wonder Paul is disappointed. The congregation that he has just labored over and lived with, they are now divided. This is a sad state of affairs because they know better. He taught them better than this. To engage in this kind of debate is merely human Look around, humans. Look around our society right now. People of earth allow themselves to be divided by personality preferences. People of the earth allow themselves to be divided by a donkey or an elephant. People of the earth allow themselves to be divided by whether or not they choose to wear a piece of cloth over their face. People of the earth allow families to be broken over disagreements. People who only know the way of the world, of the flesh, prefer to choose sides and then treat those on the other side with hate, hostility, jealousy, strife, and small-mindedness. We see that in our culture, don't we? Right now, out there, this is the way that the world, this is the way that humans interact but we're called to be more than human. Such thinking has no place in God's family. And so Paul, he's showing them their scenario, but then he's going to continue here and show them that this has no place. Look what he says, the next verse. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted... Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. So here they are. They're choosing sides, but Paul and Apollos, guys, 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 they're just servants on an assignment. And so I want you to think of people in your life right now, people in the faith who are instrumental in your life. Think of influencers, think of leaders, think of pastors and elders and family members, people who were so used by God to help you come to the knowledge of the gospel. Can you picture them? Some of those people maybe are even in this room right now. And so here's what you need to understand. We are grateful for them, right? Thank you, Lord, for those people in our life. They played an important role. Just like Paul here, right? These are people through whom you believed, like through whom you believe. God used those people to communicate the gospel to you, and because of their ministry, because of their presence, you now are in the family. That is awesome. Thank you, God, for those people. But, zoom out. Understand that they did that in your life. Understand that they were there in your life. They were doing what they were doing because they were servants. They were doing it for God. They were servants, and each of them was given an assignment. It says, as the Lord assigned to them each. And so the Corinthians, they're divided here. They're trying to choose their favorites because they're confusing the difference between a servant and their Savior. They're just servants. Paul and Apollos, they are just servants. And so here's where I insert myself into the story. East Point Church, week two, okay? I'm very grateful for this role. I love being your lead pastor. This is a privilege. It is an honor. You guys have been extremely warm and receptive to my family. But I need to tell you something. I'm just a servant, okay? I am just a servant. And here's what servants know. I'm going to give you the secret, all right? The industry trade secret here. Here's what all servants know. All leadership is interim leadership. And so maybe we should change my name on the website. I'm not lead pastor. I'm interim lead pastor. I'm just a servant on an assignment, and my assignment hopefully will last for a long time, but one day there will be a new lead pastor standing in this pulpit. And if I do my job right, he will be better than me at many, 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 many things. But even on that day, For the next servant, or the servant after him, or the servant after him, even on that day, we need to remember that the credit goes to the Savior, not the servants. I'm just a servant. Your pastors are just servants. This is our assignment. And we love you, but you're God's. And so Paul, he gives us another metaphor to really drive home this point. He gives us another picture. Last week was nice. It was the bride. And everybody goes, oh, the bride, I like that. This week you're a field. <laughs> Dirty and granular and all the other things that Nagel Farms does on the field. I'm not, I'm not sure. I just, I just know that like I drive you know, one way to work and then like seemingly overnight, boom, there's just life in the field. I don't know how it works. I'm still learning the science of it. But here's the picture, right? We see planting, there's watering, there's working, there's, there's the harvest coming. And so the picture is a field. And here's what we learn from the field, okay? Here's what we learn from the field. If you're a farmer and I botched this entire metaphor, email me and we'll, I'll treat you to coffee and you can enlighten me. But here's what we learn. In the field, there are some people who plant. See the lines? That's called tilling the soil. Yep, tilling the soil. They put the seeds in the ground. They make the lines. They push it together. You got that? That's great, man. It's like a master planter right there. Then there's other people who water it. They're just going to town on the H2O, all over that seed, right? And here's the thing. It doesn't matter how good of a planter you are. It doesn't matter how good of a waterer you are. Nothing that you can actually do can make that seed grow. You can be the best planter, the best waterer, And nothing. And nothing. Follow the metaphor. We're talking about ministry. There are, even in this room right now, there are former ministers and elders and pastors, right? And you know what it's like when you're serving for 30 years. You can plant and water all day. But you know at the end of the day, there is nothing inside of you uh, that can make it grow that can make people come to life, that that can see salvation birthed in people's hearts, that can see baptisms. Every baptism that we saw last week at the picnic was a miracle, because it doesn't matter how good of a planter you are, it doesn't matter how good of a water you are, only God gives the growth. And so East Point, you're a field, and by God's grace, hopefully we will see this turn into this, and one day it will be this. But on that day, when the field of the church is standing before Jesus and all of heaven goes, whoa, wasn't that that dirty barren field that was like a bunch of parked cars in it? That's that field now? Yep. All glory to God. On that day, when we see the field in full blossom, we will remember it's not Paul, it was not Apollos, it was not Daniel Fuoco, it was not Sam Cassis. None of us actually deserve the credit for your salvation. We don't deserve the credit for your growth. We are just servants. So say thank you, but we're just servants. And we know that the credit goes to the Savior, not the servants. Man, can you imagine, like one day... You, the church, not East Point, the church, capital C of the world. One day we will be standing before God like a bride that is spotless. Or, let's use the metaphor from today, like a field that is teeming with life and fruitfulness and vivaciousness and chloroplast and photosynthesis. See, I I research all of these things from the field. And on that day, when the angels of heaven are going, whoa, I remember what that field was like. Do you think that the servant's going to go, hey, excuse me, hey, uh, you should have seen that field before I got there. Woo, that field at East Point was hurt. You should have seen that bride before I got there. Man, she was hideous, right? Like, you should thank me. Do you really think any servant is going to be doing that, trying to get credit? Hey, make sure I get a line on the the post-credit scene, Jesus, because, you know, your boy was there. The servants are not doing anything like that. Paul, Apollo, Sam, Daniel, we are falling on our faces, bowing down to Jesus, worshiping the Savior who made the bride beautiful, worshiping the Savior who made that barren field of death teeming with green life by his power, by his spirit. And guess what? Anything that I even do to contribute a little bit, it was by his power and by his Holy Spirit anyway. So hey, the credit goes to the Savior not the servants. We're just servants. You're like, is this where you turn in your resignation? Because this sounds awfully a lot like a departure speech. It's not! But I think a good pastor prepares his church to understand, hey, big picture here, guys. You're God's. You're not mine. You're not the elder's. And so let me ask you this, right? If Paul is just a servant, if, if Peter is just a servant, if Apollos is just a servant, so like what goes on behind the curtain then? Like, how do they feel about each other, you know? Like, is there kind of this, like, little turf war going in? Is, like, Paul secretly going there? Like, man, look at that guy, the way that guy's watering. Horrible technique, right? Like, how do the servants feel about each other? You ever wonder that? Of course, yeah, you're all on the same team. But, like, really, what do you think about that guy, huh? Let me show you what I think about those guys. Look what he says. He who plants and he who waters are one. And each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. You see, in the field, the servants have different roles. All right? We got to recognize that. That's first things first. Because some of you guys are going to try to compare your current pastors to the giftings of your previous pastors. Hey, hey, hey. We all have different roles. We all have different gifts. So some people plant. Ooh, you should have seen Paul. He was a master. His technique, making it rain seed all day. You know what I mean? He was like in the ground. He had the dance. He can do it behind his back. He created technology. He was just, he was a master plant. Everywhere he went, just do, 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 like seed cannons everywhere, you know? He was the best at planting. Follow the metaphor. He was really good at the start. Then there's other guys who come in, Apollos, and he's just smooth like water. And he's just, he's got the hose at one hand, two hands. I mean, all the time, he is a master waterer. They were fantastic, but at different things. Each of them had a different assignment. Each of them had a different role to play at a different stage in the process. But guess what? Both of them will receive his wages according to his labor, because they've all been given a different assignment. There, there's a name that I don't know how many of you would know this name, but you should know this name. His name is Craig Fadel, okay? And so many of you know me. You're like, hey, Sam, the first lead pastor. Yeah, that's cool, okay. But do you know that there was actually a guy before me? And he was the campus pastor. And so he helped it go from nothing to a campus. They brought me in to launch it from a campus to a church. Which one is better? Have you been paying attention? <laughs> We're just servants. And I'll tell you, I've met Craig and we've hung out. That dude is better than me at so many things. He found a place to rent. I mean, we're here because, like, he set up the contract. He found office space for us. He had, like, the home meetings. And he got that. I mean, we have a technology board. Do you know where he got that? Because I don't. (laughs) He's better than me. And guess what? When his assignment came to a close, it's time for the next thing. And in the church world, we struggle. We make too we just, we're just weird human beings and we just can't handle transitions. What if we just handled staff transition as simply as this? Hey, sometimes you plant, sometimes you water, but at the end of the day, God brings the growth. And I think sometimes we just become so tight-fisted about people and we become so attached to persons that the only way that God can transition a servant into a new assignment is by literally ripping us out of their hands and then we make a mess of it. And now it's awkward and it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. We're just servants. We all have different roles. But even while we're playing different roles with different gifts, we are one. He who plants and he who waters are one. We are one. And so here's my final point for you, church. We have to remember, we have to remember that the servants are on the same team. Same team. <laughs> We're not competitors. We're co-workers. We should bring this word back into the book. It says we are fellows. Fellows. I love that word. It makes me feel smarter than him. We're fellows with each other, but not only fellows with each other, we are God's fellow workers. The servants are literally co-workers with God. And so we are servants. We are one. So where does that leave you, church? What are you? He says it. Well, you are God's field. You are God's field. So I'm a servant. Craig is a servant. You are a field. And you field, you are God's. You are God's. God paid the price to procure you the field. It is God, the master builder, who owns the construction zone of your soul. And at the end of the day, leaders come and leaders go. But it's him who is is ensuring that the field will be ready for that day. Because you're God's. And so, East Point Church, I entrust you to him and I will work my butt off, and I will preach my guts out, and I will lead the staff. And we as elders are going to labor in the field for as long as this Lord's assignment lasts. But I remind you that you're his. He will grow you as the field. He will continue to move you toward maturity. And when we all stand before Jesus on that day, who's going to get the credit? No. (laughs) Who's going to get the credit? God, because you're God's. And this is why the first three words of our mission statement, check this out, we launched this last week. The first three words of our mission statement are this to glorify God. First things first. Well, obviously you're here for the people. No, no, we are here to shine a spotlight on God. We are here so that when you walk in, you spend an hour with us, you walk out, you have a better picture of how good he is. You have a deeper understanding of how great he is. You have more affection for just the one who loves you so. We are here to glorify God. Because one day when you stand before Jesus, like a bountiful field, Who is it that we're going to be thanking for all of eternity? When we remember that we were once dead and barren, whose grace and faithfulness will will be sung about forever? Who will have brought us to the end, sustaining us through all of the trials? It's God, the one who brought the growth, the one who brought you safely home to eternity, and forever we will praise the Lord because you're God's your gods. I love you, church. I am so excited for what's happening here. East Point Church, this is for real. And it's not because anybody had an idea. It's because God had an idea before the ages began. And he sent his son, Jesus, to say, hey, I'm going to procure a people for myself. And so one of the things that we do here is we respond. We respond um, every week, actually. We're going to be responding in a couple of ways, okay? Because the Bible tells us that when God speaks, we don't just sit back and go, huh, that's cool. Anyway, no, no, we respond, right? We want to do the word. And so we're going to begin our response. And understand me, when I say respond, we respond Monday through Saturday. We respond all week. Our week-long response is to the gospel. But right now, we're going to begin that week-long response in a couple of ways. First, we're going to We're going to give. All right, and so each week we give, not to the church, we give as the church. We are the church, pooling our resources together to accomplish the mission of the church. And so we're going to respond through giving, and then we're also going to respond through communion. And so like I said, we are a church family, and every week we have the opportunity to come together as a family. And we take a family meal. And when we come together, we hold the bread, we hold the juice, and we go, wow, wow. This is what God has done. This is what Jesus did to make me his own. And so I'm going to pray for you. The band's going to play. You can give multiple ways uh, uh, online or in the back. And then we're going to do communion this way. I mean, we're going we're to have a little bit of a different way. Instead of all of us partaking together up here, you can grab the emblems. If you did not grab the bread and the juice on the way, and you can raise your hand, and our ushers will come to you. But I'm gonna, you, what we'll do is we'll, we'll play some music, and I'm going to invite you to just on your own, maybe with your your spouse or your family next to you. But we're going to take communion. We'll give you a few minutes to do that, and then we'll come back and sing. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you that you have procured us, that we are your field, we are your people. And so, Lord, we want to live in light of that. We don't want to be merely human. We don't want to live as if all we know is this world. Because in your family, Lord, you've given us a new perspective. And so, Lord, be with us as we respond. Be with us this week. Change us and transform us. Lord, I pray that you would bring the growth of East Point Church. Not numerical growth, Lord, growth of our maturity. Growth of a depth and a substance, Lord, that was not there before. And so we entrust this to you because we know that on that day when that happens, we will praise you and glorify you. In Jesus' name.
0: We want to thank you again for joining us for this week's sermon podcast. My name is Daniel, and I'm the music and creative pastor here at East Point Church. And if you were challenged, encouraged, or impacted in any way by this week's sermon, we would love to hear about it. It's your stories that encourage us and what we do, and we just want to celebrate what God is doing in your life. So you can go ahead and share with us at podcast at com. Also, make sure that you subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Have a great week.